Hi, I'm coming to you from a different location than I have been so far since we've been doing uh, digital online services um, where we pre-record. Uh, welcome. Uh, if you can guess where I am, type it in the box, uh, the chat box, and uh, see if I, you can get it right and I'll let you know if, I'm, if I manage to keep an eye on what's going on in those conversations. Um, we're going through uh, an eight-part series on understanding church in a modern era or in a new era and we're looking this week at marks of a healthy church what would you say are the marks of a healthy church there are many marks to um, describe a healthy church uh, i've got three personal favorites there are so many more and we may touch on a few as we go uh, um, through them but my first mark out of my first three is the, the, the church that it has the aroma, the fragrance of Christ. We're going to be looking at two others, um, what it means to be a heavenly neighbour, churches that have the mark of being heavenly neighbours. We're going to look at the third point in a little bit later, the mark of having a clear, simple, um, a, a measurable vision and strategy so let's launch into the first one the fragrance of Christ I remember as a, a teenager my mum reminded me that my attitude stank how can your attitude stink there's no literal smell but the the, the metaphor behind it is um, your outlook is horrible it stinks and it and it sets off an atmosphere to others that causes people to feel uncomfortable, unhappy, um, undervalued maybe. Often I found myself having a poor attitude, uh, uh, a poor outlook in life and a poor aptitude and even some poor actions. My wires often got crossed. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had your wiring of your attitude of heart, your attitude of mind, your mindset, your your what, the way you do things, the method in which you do things, um, just got cross-wired and, and it never seemed to um, add value to your life, let alone other people's lives. I found myself in the past often like that. Maybe it's just me, but often I, I found myself, and sometimes I can, I can see my mind going down a, a poor route, a, 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 an attitude that's gonna start infecting my, my whole soul, my, my whole self, my heart. And since being a Christian, I, I, I've de devoted my life to developing a healthy attitude, a healthy aptitude, and a healthy set of methods to live my life, habits and practices. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 reminds us of this fragrance it says for we are that's God's people are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing so there's a challenge here what does it mean for you to have the fragrance of Christ I believe there's something about everything of who we are that determines whether we have the fragrance of Christ We've got five senses, haven't we? We've got is it's touch, sight, hearing, tasting, and smelling, and the sixth sense, the, the, the inner sense. I remember going to India and having all my senses 
accelerated uh, in, in, in ways that I'd never um, had expected. Um, catching the smell, the good smells, the bad smells, the noises, the different noises, the different colors. Um, my, my mind, it was exhausting. And I'd entered a part of the world that was countercultural to the part of the world that I was brought up in. And it caused me to have to adapt. My whole body, mind and soul had to start to adapt. And the language of our senses says a lot about us. This language that is right away through the scripture of, um, of fragrance from Genesis right through to Paul's letters is a beautiful language that, that talks about a sweet, pleasing smell to God. So are we a, a sweet, pleasing smell to God in our attitudes, in our habits, in our practices and in our, in our intellect? God wants us to connect with healthy attitudes and unless we're growing in God then uh, we aren't growing healthfully. Through Christ every Christian and every church should have the beautiful mark of the aroma, the fragrance of Christ, a heavenly fragrance and it should be infecting every part of their body. No one really matches up to this for sure. There's, there's this full perfect fragrance that we're heading towards. It takes time, it takes work, it takes effort to grow healthily. If anybody know, if you go down a gym, you work out, it takes a lot of effort to keep yourself fit. And in the same way, it takes a lot of effort to develop healthy attitudes, healthy aptitudes and, and, and to, um, uh, you know, action healthy um, habits and methods in life. But what is the aroma of Christ? Well, it begins with another scripture for me in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. <coughs> Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, all of us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma sacrifice was part of the um, ritual of getting closer to God giving the best of your labor of your profits of your land of your of your um, farm of your wealth to God and and, and offering it up to him as a pleasing sweet smell uh, of forgiveness and mercy this point covers so much such as respect for one another, dignity of each other, acceptance of one another, sacrificial love towards them, forgiveness, mercy, tolerance with one another, patience, generosity, just to name a few. I, I wanna put it in this lovely little story about a gem dealer who was strolling the aisles um, at the annual Tuxton Gem and Mineral Show when he noticed a blue violet stone that the size and shape of a potato. It, he looked it over, it was dirty, it was ugly, and as calmly as possible asked the vendor, I'll give you $15 for this. The seller realizing the rock was awful, really, couldn't bring himself to charging that much, lowered the price to $10. The stone has since been certified as a 1,905 carat neutral star sapphire, about 800 carats larger 
than the largest stone of its kind. It was appraised at $2.28 million. It took a lover of stones to recognise the sapphire wor sapphire's worth. It takes the lover of souls to recognise the true value of ordinary people like you. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and me. See, the aroma of Christ rings through the scriptures from Genesis 8 right through to Paul's letters, um, articulating a beauty beyond this world. None of us reach the fullness and the fragrance of Christ um, in our lifetime, but by following him in his ways and his teachings, his attitudes, his actions, his aptitude, we can grow in this heavenly fragrance in, our, in and throughout our lifetime for a time such as this, in a time such as this, despite lockdown and all the, um, the weight and the yoke that brings upon us. There is a wonderful poetic metaphor of God's relationship with his people in the Songs of Solomon's that unpacks this uh, a bit more. And chapter four, verses 10 to 14 says this. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils, than all kinds of spices. Your lips, my bride, drip honey. Honey and milk are under your tongue, and the fragrance of your garment is like the fragrance of Lebanon. A garden locked is my sister, my bride. A rock garden locked a spring sealed up, read more. Your shoots are an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits, henna with nard plants, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon. With all the trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, along with all the finest spices. I find that a very beautiful, metaphoric, poetic song to the soul, reminding us how precious we are to God, how precious stones we are to him. God's desire is that you and I wear the fragrance of Christ in every aspect of what it means to be human sons and daughters of the living God at a time such as this. How is your are your attitudes, your actions and your aptitudes becoming more like Christ? How can you develop and grow in the way God has called you to grow? See, God is looking for healthy churches and the first mark of a healthy church is a church that smells like Christ in attitude, in aptitude, and in action. We're gonna have a reading. Um, it's gonna be a video clip reading. Um, uh, it's a, I love this one. It's a, like a little cartoon of Luke's um, account of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Let us uh, be ministered to in God's word. An expert in the law of Moses stood up and asked Jesus a question. Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus answered, what is written in the scriptures? How do you understand them? The man replied, the scriptures say, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. They also say, love your neighbors as much as you love yourself. Jesus said, you have given the right answer. If you do this, you will have eternal life. But the man wanted to show that he knew what he was talking about. So he asked Jesus, who are my neighbors? Jesus replied, as a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, robbers attacked him. everything he had and ran off leaving him half dead a priest happened to be going down the same road but when he saw the man he walked by on the other side later a temple helper came to the same place. But when he saw the man who'd been beaten up, he also went by on the other side. A man from Samaria then came traveling along that road. When he saw the man, he felt sorry for him and went over to him. He treated his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put him on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next morning, he gave the innkeeper two silver coins and said, please take care of the man. If you spend more than this on him, I will pay you when I return. Then Jesus asked, which one of these three people was a real neighbor to the man who was beaten up by robbers? The teacher answered, the one who showed pity. Jesus said, go and do the same. Don't you just love that? Well, I do anyway. It's one of my favorite sort of uh, Bible teaching clips, uh, Bible reading clips. Um, so, um, my second point to the three marks of a healthy church is being a heavenly neighbor. As I stand in my neighborhood, I want to be a heavenly neighbor. What does it mean for us to become a heavenly neighbor? How do we celebrate heavenly neighborhood? So the second mark of being a healthy church is centered around knowing what it means to be a healthy neighbor. This parable describes amazingly what it means to be a heavenly neighbor for me. The Good Samaritan steps across geographical boundaries, cultural diversity, religious difference, personal and professional status are um, removed. All the differences you can think of are no longer a barrier. The Good Samaritan acts in the heart of what it means to be a heavenly neighbor on earth. The question they ask in verse 36, who is my neighbor this is this is the experts of the law the experts of the scriptures and jesus says the one who had mercy on him 
the expert of the law uh, of the law gets it right when Jesus challenges them in verse 37 the law of Moses they know the Bible it took a true imitator of the lover of souls to recognize the stranger abandoned on the road by bandits a true lover of souls that uh, who refuse to allow the cultural and religious differences to divide them from reaching into the stranger's life and touching them with a touch of heavenly neighborly love. It should have been a religious leader. It should have been the temple guard or the priest, but it wasn't. It was a good Samaritan. In this passage was the person who grasped the core marks of what it meant to be the church to know what it means to be a neighbor to the community, to the stranger. In this parable, God's own people are not living out the aroma and the heavenly neighbor that, can, that God has called them to live by. The Good Samaritan in Luke's story was the most unlikely of people to have the perfume of Christ upon them. It was assumed by the religious officials, such as the two characters in the story, the priest and the temple guard who passed by, were meant to have the aroma of Christ, the perfume of Christ. As well as the professionals of the book of, of the Bible, of the, of the scrolls, of the Torah, of the law of Moses, they should have had the perfume of Christ upon them. Jesus challenges us he's looking for godly type people but in fact it was the least among them the good samaritan who was the aroma the perfume of christ and being the heavenly neighbor that god calls us all to be this would have come as a real blow and embarrassment to those who believed they were the right ones before god i.e. the priest and the temple and the experts of the law. The word of God was being lived and witnessed and it gave life through the stranger, the, the, uh, um, the good Samaritan uh, who went to the abandoned stranger, stranger who had left for dead. He was considering no concern for themselves or she and did not question the cost personally or financially, socially or spiritually. They gave everything of themselves to bring about divine, heavenly, neighborly intervention. They may not have realized it themselves at the time that they were naturally bringing supernatural attitudes and actions and aptitudes. Heavenly neighbors simply do naturally what is supernatural. They just think of others and they reach out to whoever they are, near or far. When the church can be described in such beautiful language and imagery, the church begins to smell like the aroma of Christ and behave like a true neighbor in this world. Jesus managed to lead the experts of the law the professionals of the scriptures to their own revealing conclusion and he tells them what does he say now go and do likewise in verse 37 so we must go and do likewise how are you being naturally supernatural heavenly neighbors where are you witnessing heavenly neighborhood in a naturally supernatural way it's time for us to go and do likewise. Before we listen to the third and final part of what 
are the marks for me of a healthy church. We're going to listen to God's vision, God's heart for his church, his world, the heavens and the earth from Revelations chapter 21. Revelation 21, 1-7, the new heaven and the new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Wasn't that amazing? Revelation chapter 21 talks about God's promise and vision for the whole world, a new heaven, a new earth, for the whole of creation, for the whole of mankind. So my third point is vision and strategy. strategy. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sink, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. The third and final mark of what I believe um, marks a healthy church is centered around a clear, common, simple, measurable vision and strategy. I want to tell you a story about this couple who lived about 130 years ago uh, and they lived in London. And for the first 10 years of their married life, the husband was in a conundrum, uh, was wondering God, what is my calling? What should I be doing with my life? The wife, a skillful Bible teacher, was invited to preach in London while they were there and the husband took a late night walk through the slums of East End London. Every fifth building was a pub. Most had steps at the counter so little children could climb up and order their gin. That night, he told his wife, I seemed to hear a voice sounding in my ears. Where can you go and find such heathen as these? And where is there so great a need for your labors? Darling, he said, I have found my destiny. He said later that year, 1865, the couple opened Christian Mission in London in London's slum. Their life vision to reach the down and outers that other Christians ignored, that simple vision of two people grew into the Salvation Army, which now ministers through three million members in 91 countries. This couple were called 
William and Catherine Booth. I'm sure you've heard of them. They are the founders and the inspiration behind the Salvation Army, which is in every town and in every city in the whole of the UK and far beyond. Vision comes from a little spark from heaven, a voice heard from within the soul. God's seed within us has the ability to grow into something we could have never imagined. Hope is what everyone has. Apparently, according to Yale University, people cannot live for more than four seconds four seconds without hope. The lack of hope can literally destroy your life. The lack of hope can leave you completely lifeless, yet the fulfillment of a dream is like a tree that produces life-giving fruit. Some dreams or visions cannot be easily articulated in our vocabulary and may require an artistic impression through pictures, metaphors, poetry, stories, and all other kinds of forms of description. A guy called Jonathan Swift said, vision is the art of seeing the invisible. Can you see what God can see? Sometimes people struggle to find out what God looks like. Just look into the eyes and the heart of the people you meet and you'll see something of God. Sharing your dream of what the local church can be for the glory of God is the first step to seeing what is not yet visible. Taking the first steps to making it happen may be small and seem insurmountable, but a vision from God picks up momentum and rhythm and has the tendency to grow and grow and grow. If your vision is from God, then it will grow and grow and it will help grow healthy in ways that you could never have humanly constructed because in God healthy things grow. A church without vision lacks an essential ingredient of what it means to be a healthy church. A guy called Robert Warren, a former bishop to the C of E, responding to the increasingly number or increasing number of churches closing, carried out an extensive research some years ago on what it means to be a healthy church. He took 100 parishioners from 25 different parishes and embarked on a journey to understanding the marks of a healthy church. They ended up with seven marks. I wonder if you can guess what those marks are. I asked earlier, what would you put down as a mark for a healthy church? I wonder what they were. I wonder whether you've got a list. I encourage you to make your list and see if it compares to anything like this. The first mark that they come up with was being energized by faith. Capturing God's vision is being energized by your faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. The second one was outward looking focus. The third was a church that seeks to find out what God wants. The fourth mark for a healthy church was the church that faces the cost of change and growth. And we definitely are finding ourselves forced to be changing the way we do church in this day and age. The fifth point was operates as a community. The sixth mark was makes room for all. And the seventh mark was does a few things and do them well. Energized 
by faith is the key one here um, that really captures me capturing God's vision every individual and church must discover their vision and strategy in their own context vision is like making a dream come true without it the people perish Vision offers identity, responsibility, and ownership in God's plan. Vision is a picture of what yours and the next generation's future will look like. Someone once said, a pile of rocks ceases to be a pile of rocks when somebody contemplates it with a cathedral in mind. Yes, that's why I'm standing outside uh, Peterborough's cathedral, or the cathedral in Peterborough. A mark of a healthy church works with what they have and imagines what they could be for God's glory. God has a vision for you, for your church, and for your community. And he is inviting you and I to participate in being part of its fulfillment, of his plan, of his vision for the heavens and for the earth. A vision with a task is a dream. A task without a vision is drudgery, but the two together are the hope of the world. I passionately believe God's dream involves you. Do you want to be involved in God's dream? Reforming who you are, putting the aroma of Christ in you, making you a heavenly neighbor. If you have found yourself in a quandary about your life in any way, if you feel a little lost, confused, afraid, or even dismayed, which is easy in a time such as this, then may I invite you to do what William Booth and his wife, Catherine, did. Take a walk through the most difficult parts of your city of your town, of your community, and listen to the voice of God in that place. I believe God is trying to speak to his people, but I believe often the, God's people aren't in the right places. If you dare to take a walk with God in the places he needs his people, take his word with you and listen to his voice calling from the places his people need to be. Take this word from the passage of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your lo and love your neighbor as yourself. God is looking for godly men and godly women and children who dare to listen to his dream in your community. God is looking for his people to be the aroma of Christ right where you are. God is looking for heavenly neighbors who have mercy and to take it to those who need mercy as in the parable. God is looking for people who capture his vision for the heavens and the earth and for the local community. So I leave you with these two questions. Where will you be walking this week? What will you be asking God? Are you willing to dare to dream God's dream wherever you find yourself?